Welcome to Teaming Up, a podcast proudly presented by the Hodges Partnership. On the latest Teaming Up episode, Casey and Brianna Williams, CEO of Lip Love Line and former Hodges intern, talk about the importance of branding. Brianna discusses what it was like building her business and her brand while navigating the pandemic and a crowded market space. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Over to you, Casey. Awesome. Welcome to today's episode of the Teaming Up podcast. Today we have Brianna Williams, the CEO of Lip Love Line, and we're so excited to talk today about branding and brand story development. And um, before I pass the mic off over to her to give a little bit of an introduction and a background, we have a little bit of a Hodges connection in the house and a little more than we've had with some of our other guests. Um, Brianna was a former Hodges intern. Um, so we have two former Hodges interns talking behind the mic today, and I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear about uh, her journey, and we'll talk a little bit more about branding and brand story. But um, Brianna, why don't you give a quick introduction to yourself? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be back here, especially because of that special connection to the Hodges Partnership. It's been so long. I'm not going to even say how many years. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm Brianna Williams. I'm the founder and CEO of Lip Love Line. And a little bit about that, we are a lip care beauty brand born to enhance natural beauty and to celebrate women through our ingredient conscious lip products that we um, primarily primarily target clean beauty lovers with that. My background is mainly in all communications, specifically PR and marketing and some brand marketing in there as well. I've worked with many, many different nonprofits here in Central Virginia, as well as some corporate partners, um, some agency life mixed in there, as well as some higher academia. And so most recently, I have been um, charged or appointed to the newest visionary in residence at the VCU uh, Da Vinci Center of Innovation. And so really enjoying that role so far and being able to connect to the master's students there and start teaching a little bit. Um, and my specific specific topic right now is uh, crafting your brand story. So I love being able to connect with creatives and to help them on their journey, potentially in entrepreneurship as well. It was so exciting when you when you told me that this summer when we talked about pre-production. I was like, this is amazing that this this was so serendipitous in the timing. Um, so I would love if you could um, kind of switch gears a little bit and, and give us a little bit of an overview of how um, your your brand came to be. How did you take the idea for this beauty product brand and how did it come to fruition? Yeah, it's kind of a fun story. I was actually working full time at VCU as a communication strategist at that time. And they had a neat opportunity towards the end of 2019. They had the next big idea competition, which was like a campus wide competition where they had staff and faculty could submit ideas around a product or a service or just any type of um idea that they had that they wanted to bring to life. And so I was just encouraged by colleagues and friends and family to submit an idea. And I really thought about something that I was passionate about, something that maybe I wanted to do since I was really young. And creating a, a beauty brand specific to lip products came to mind. So I submitted an idea for a health conscious lip 
company that supported young girls and women. And I was just talking about how I wanted to uplift them and support them in a way that I felt supported um, as a young girl wearing lip gloss um, and then older as wearing lipstick and what that did for me and my confidence and my personality through life. Um, And so, yeah, ended up getting great feedback, placed in that competition, started getting connections to um, how to build a company, understanding what it would take for me to get into the beauty industry, started networking and figuring out who I could talk to about maybe creating actual product, found an independent um, beauty um R&D cosmetic chemist and started working with them for about a year and a half. Then again, all of my connections because of my position at VCU, I had previously again in other roles worked with students at the Brand Center. And so I reached out to a young lady that I had previously worked with and she helped me to really flesh out my ideas for Lip Love Line and think about what my purpose of the brand was going to be that really craft that story behind who I was as a founder, as a black woman and feed that into my company's guidelines, foundations, thinking about how I wanted the brand to be seen, how I wanted to communicate with my audiences. And so that was a really cool process to go through from someone who works in the field, but to have others helping me to kind of pull things out of my head that I didn't probably couldn't have done on my own. Um, And so, yeah, from then I had a great opportunity to work with another group of students from the Brand Center because a lot of internships had been canceled around that time because of the pandemic. So they did a really neat thing where they actually created their own marketing agency. And I had just so happened to reach out to them like maybe a few weeks before that to say, hey, can you get my my brand in one of the classes so they can like work on it? And they were like, wow, well, since you reached out, we're actually doing this really cool thing. We'd love for you to be our first brand partner got a full team of students to work on my brand, um, helped with logo design, product packaging. And one of the biggest things was they helped me to coordinate uh, really the communications plan and strategy for my Kickstarter campaign, which really helped to launch the company because I was ultimately able to raise over $15,000 to move forward with manufacturing. And so that's kind of the beginning of the journey. Um, Many great partners in the community here in Richmond who have supported me along the way and just excited for where we are right now. That's amazing. So I I feel like I want to do a mixture. We get the timeline right a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the big idea challenge was pre-pandemic? Yeah, 2019, at the end of 2019. No idea that that was going to happen the next year. (laughs) So you had had kind of this, this seed of an idea And then global pandemic just kind of changed things. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you talk about, um, you know, you you hit on the getting connected with the brand center and kind of and and starting it from there. But I'd love to hear just about how the the pandemic sort of influenced you, if if at all, just with things shutting down. And I love how you talked about the connection with the students, because at at Hodges, we sort of felt the same way as, Mm -hmm. you know, all these students senior year, they needed an internship to graduate and they were left in a lurch or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about the um, the pandemic uh, driver in building your brand. And then I'd love to start digging into some of those, maybe a couple of those exercises specifically that um, that student marketing group led you through. Yeah, I think the funny thing is, is that everyone is like when you are creating a beauty brand specific to lip products during a pandemic where everyone's now forced to wear masks, it's kind of like, well, why are you doing what you're doing? But when you understand the beauty industry as a whole and just how large it is and um, just how uh, 
really there's just so much money to be made in the beauty industry i mean point blank period it's just a great industry that has just continued to grow over the years in all aspects of creating cosmetics and skincare and hair care and all of that kind of thing and so there was really no reason not to do it other than just trying to figure out how i was going to do it and creating a timeline that worked for me so the cool thing about it was that i could move a little bit slower and i had a little bit more time to be more intentional about it and i was able to work with different groups of students and individuals and organizations that had started to put more resources towards supporting entrepreneurs, but specific to Black founders as well at that time. And so that was a really cool, great opportunity for me to kind of get started and and get some additional help without having to like search for it. Um, And so again, I had other groups from other universities who were helping to do research for me. So like figuring out strategy of even how I wanted to launch product in the market, um, who my competitors were as far as the competitive landscape and the beauty industry, um, just kind of helping me understand even what a potential exit for me could look like Mm -hmm. in five to 10 years. That kind of research really set me up to have like a good kind of idea of how I wanted to move forward with the brand. So. Well, and we talked about um, how just how big and vast the the beauty industry is. Mm-hmm. But you know, you mentioned the thing about masks, which is true. But then you also had people with more time on their hands, and they were getting into makeup for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I probably spent more money on makeup in 2020 than I did ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also kind of this weird, um, you know, there was a resurgence of content creators and beauty influencers, not just beauty brands, but there were people who were now sitting at home for 24 hours a day. And they yeah. were like, well, let me test out these products or let me show you mm-hmm. how it works. So it was, it was, seems like a really nice convergence of, of, of kind of happy accidents that this pandemic happened and that um, you had this idea kind of going into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd love to get an example of one of those exercises um, that you went through with that marketing group. How you mentioned that you had all these ideas in your head and you had these ideas that you didn't even know that you had that they helped extract um, extract from, from mm-hmm. you. So can you think of one example in particular of an exercise you went through and kind of what the outcome of that exercise was? Yeah. So when I was initially working with the brand strategist, even right prior to being placed with that full team, um, still from the brand center, she actually took me to the library. We were in like this smaller room and just kind of an intimate setting where she was asking me questions just about me, my childhood, my dreams, understanding who I was as a person was just really neat. And then she had about like a hundred cards with different words on them that describe maybe a feeling or a notion or anything, just descriptive words. And she had me pick out like 20 words that described the brand. And then she had me pick out maybe 20 or 10 words that didn't describe the brand. And then she had me narrow down the larger group as well as the other group um, to where I was left with five words that definitely described the feeling and what I wanted the brand to look like and how I wanted it to seem and feel um, overall. And that really, really helped me to see just kind of the the baseline and the foundation of like where I was starting from, but the true essence of what I wanted to come across when somebody even looked at my logo, when someone heard my tagline, when someone tried on my product. And so it was really cool because I was able to use words and what I felt like was 
already built into me as far as communications and being having a marketing back marketing background and all of that to figure out like what I wanted to do to move forward from there and build my brand off of that. And so I always remember that. And I, I, I keep saying I want to find those cards she had because I just thought that that was the coolest thing um, and just a really neat exercise. So. I, I love that because I feel like as marketers and as uh, communicators, whether we're you know, working at an agency, working with a client, or if you're a brand or an organization directly, it can be really easy to think you're 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 the solution to everybody. And I feel like in, just in this conversation in the last 15 minutes, you've you've mentioned little little adjectives to describe your audience and who your your brand represents. You mentioned health conscious, and um, I, I think that it's a nice exploration because it feels like you know you want you're this new creator, you're coming in, you have this idea, but you really kind of need to narrow your focus a little bit to mm-hmm. make sure that you're staying true to yourself, you're staying true to your product, and that um, in a space that's so saturated that you're going after um, uh, the right sector of, of that industry. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the kind of the health conscious um, element, so you, you've mentioned that a couple of times, and I, I feel like it's an element that you've talked about a lot. It's on your website. So let's talk a little bit about the intersection of um, that brand story and how it relates back to your brand and how it relates to your business overall and thinking about um, how your brand story has helped you grow as a business and and expand Um so let's talk a little bit about just this foundational brand story work that you've done and how that has suited you as you've talked about your business kind of beyond the Richmond sphere. Yeah, I think the the, the wonderful thing about it is that that brand story ultimately starts with me um, as the founder. And a lot of why I even started the company is rooted in my experiences as a young Black girl and my health issues that I had to deal with. Um, So I dealt with many health issues, including obesity, low self-esteem as a young girl. And I always tell the story about how one of the few things that made me feel beautiful when I was young was my lip gloss and how the first time my mom bought me my very first lip gloss set, it gave me personality and confidence. And as I got older, other lip products did the same for me. But also I suffered with sensitive skin and it's expensive to buy really high quality makeup products. And even then it may not work on everybody's skin. Um, And And so I just found a simple way and a reliable way to purchase something that made me feel better about myself um, without having to worry about wearing a full face of makeup and having to find the right blush or the right eyeshadow, whatever the case may be. And so that story alone resonated with so many women and even young girls who... Uh, to this day, I say I'm a makeup minimalist. I don't wear makeup on a daily basis. I don't, you know, wear a ton of things. If I do, then I'm usually going to a professional to do it. And I'm okay with saying that. I may put on a little bit more here and there for a different occasion. But at the essence of it, I love lip products, right? And so I think that, again, finding that community or that target audience that resonates and relates to you and your story is the key to success, whether or not it's through revenue or through building a community that supports you as a brand or a community that supports you as a founder or a new beauty founder on the scene of, again, a very large industry. Um, So as an indie beauty brand coming out, I think a story, your story is super important so that you can start building that foundation in community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you have done an incredible amount 
amount of work for your brand identity and your brand story in a short period of time, right? So, you know, you had this this idea in 2019, you did all this work in 2020, and it's 2023 now. And, you know, it feels like you've been around for a while. Like you, when you go to your website, everything is so, it's like, it's super cohesive and you can tell it's super thought out and the the photography is amazing and and the the logo and the look and feel everything just feels all tied together like it wasn't you know that there was intentionality behind it and it feels really authentic because that story is is woven through it and you can feel the intentionality behind it thank you um so how has have you have you been able to to take have you noticed a difference when you're maybe pitching media for your product or approaching um, creators for a partnership or or any of these moments where, you know, you come to them with with this brand, with this product, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a baby brand. I've been here for three years. Like, I've, I've yeah. not been around as long as my competitors. I'll, I'll say exactly what you said is what a lot of them say. They assume I've been around for a while or I'm in doing a lot more than what I'm doing. And I, and I give that credit, too me having a background in marketing and PR and in and, and brand management in a sense to where I, I like what I like. I know what I feel like looks good, but I also had assistance and went through a process to get me there to create a brand that I wanted to feel credible. I wanted to feel like I'd, I was already being sold in Target or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that that's what um, is being portrayed in a sense to where when people first saw my product, a lot of them say, I love your logo. I love your packaging. And that was really important to me because I wanted them to feel like it was something that they wanted to pick up and grab and use. But I say all that to say too, and this is not to be brag bragging, but I would say I will bring this up 10 years from now. All of my retail partners approached me. I have not paid one influencer to use my products. Um, not to say that I won't ever do that or I won't have to get into pitching other companies, but the cool thing is is that I think my story has in my in in my ability to create um a nice website or you know great content um has been appealing enough to have retailers like urban outfitters and and um thirteen loon reach out to me and say, "Hey, we want to sell your product, which is unheard of at this stage and in the industry um and i take pride in that and so i think it's it's a really cool thing again to to hone in on your story and be able to use that and not only reach a community but to build a community enough to where brands and retailers recognize you and say hey you're doing something cool let's give you a chance yeah i love that um and i i love that you have had this experience and it's almost been like uh I don't even know how to position it, but the last three years, I can only assume, have been a bit of a whirlwind because it's happened so quickly. Um, and now you're at the front of a classroom teaching um, sort of the next generation, hopefully the next generation of entrepreneurs on how to craft your brand story. You mentioned um, you're, you have this position at VCU. Um, so as we're coming to a close with this with this episode, um, what is a piece of advice that you would give future entrepreneurs or maybe future marketers who are thinking about switching to a, a more business entrepreneurial lens? Um, what would advice would you give them when thinking about um, a business and, and thinking about brand. Yeah. I think I was just actually given this advice yesterday (laughs) from a mentor. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, being an entrepreneur is so challenging, like extremely challenging, but it has, of course, it's rewarding moments. And I think it's just important to recognize that in that role, it's just a 
a part of your overall journey in life. It's nothing that should consume you and make you feel like this is the only thing that you have going on and you have to do and focus and make this thing work. Yes, at point it's going to feel like it's 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 a lot on you but I think being able to separate separate yourself from the business in a way that you're able to enjoy what you're doing and really again um, be a part of that story rather than letting that story narrate your life um, is important and so yeah I would just say take things slow do things right you're going to make mistakes regardless and just just enjoy the ride and um, I would assume, too, kind of like a marathon, it's, you know, there's one runner that's running, but you probably have a team of people that maybe support you. I know um, at Hodges, we've hired several of your interns in the past. <laughs> I know. I um, love interns. <laughs> so, um, and can you speak just a little bit, too, about, like, the building the support system? Because, you know, it is a lot on one person. So Yeah. I'm going to not even name any of the organizations here in Richmond because there's so many, and I don't want to, like, miss one, but there's so many um, community organizations here in Richmond that support entrepreneurs that I'm a part of that continuously provide me with resources, funding, um, mentors, advisors, and then really too, I feel like just the VCU community and just the community at, at, at large, like when I had my Kickstarter campaign, I had people come from far and wide who would support me. And I've been a part of many different accelerator programs, both locally and nationally that support young founders. So I think that, you know, networking is important, but also networking and then finding your people within those networks is important. So you have your own personal personal community that you can reach out to to support you along your journey um, in any type of entrepreneurship way. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great. And um, I couldn't be here without the people that support me. Awesome. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And yeah, thank um, you for having me. We hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Teaming Up podcast. Teaming Up is brought to you by the Hodges Partnership, a strategic communications agency that specializes in storytelling through public relations, media relations, content marketing, and social media. The Teaming Up podcast is a happy committee production. Episodes are released monthly. Subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode.